Hello, Sac State students. Welcome to Finals Week and the final episode for the semester of the State Hornet Podcast. As always, I'm Robbie Pierce, your podcast editor, and I'm joined here today by Editor-in-Chief Max Connor, Managing Editor Matty Beck, and Investigative Reporter Michael Pacheco. Michael, so you just got done investigative reporting on a pretty big story about the police budget, right? Uh, yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that to start off? So the story started off, it was assigned to me as to kind of see whether or not the allocation of funds to the police department at the current time was necessary due to the reduced people that are on campus. So according to Rose McAuliffe, who is the Sac State Associate Vice President for Budget Planning and Administration, the police department's current budget for this year is expected to be about $6.6 million. As of now, the current budget has yet to be solidified. Going into uh, the next semester, it's looking to be that there are probably going to be cuts more cuts going on down the line. Compared to last year, uh, the expenditures for the department were $6.99 million for the 2019-2020 school year. And then the year before that was $6.6 million. I know that a big angle of this story is that they're still having such a big budget, even though crimes are down, people on campus are down. Did anybody say why the budget was maintained at this level? There was no real mention of why the budget was maintained so high. Every department for this school year got a 10% cut because of a $7 million deficit. And we have the full story for that up now in the show notes. We also have some graphs made by Cameron Data to go along with that story and full unadulterated data for people to check out and see how the police budget is looking for last semester, this semester, and next semester. Moving on, still in news, national news, DACA was reinstated fully for the first time since 2017 on Friday, December 4th, but there is also a pending federal court case to take place December 22nd in Texas where a judge will decide whether or not that program is legal. Not only do we have the full story for this online, the author of that story, Stephanie Nunez, as well as Maria Zeha, had an interview with Andres Guerra who is a legal advocate for the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights, or CHIRLA, an organization that has a working partnership with our campus's Dreamer Resource Center. That interview, which was conducted half in Spanish, half in English, basically explains in detail the situation for Dreamers. And if you're listening to this podcast, Monday the 14th, that interview with Andres should be out Tuesday the 15th. So I will have it linked in the show notes once it's out, as well as the story itself. Moving on to the next news item, Max, could you tell us about what went down at the latest ASI meeting, please? Yeah, thanks, Robbie. So at the latest ASI meeting, the ASI Children's Center, which is the daycare for staff and students at Sac State, they are going to be starting a random testing, COVID-19 testing program for their employees. They currently have 70 employees at the center and how it will work is every Monday, 14 employees will be chosen and tested at random for COVID-19 as a way to just try to keep on top of any potential outbreaks. Um, The executive director of the center, Sandra Gallardo, did say that they have had no outbreaks and no cases, in fact, of COVID-19 at the Children's Center at all this semester which is pretty amazing given they have 70 staff and 82 children that have been enrolled this semester. So, you know, over 150 people there and thus far have been able to keep um, protocol in a, in a, a way that it seems they haven't had any issues with coronavirus yet, but they are implementing a testing system to make sure that they are staying safe Um, over the Christmas break and into next semester. Thank you, Max. And then moving out of news, Maddie, did you want to preview some of the opinion columns we have coming up, the final editions of some of those columns, as a matter of fact? 
Yeah, so three of our opinion columnists are releasing their final columns of the semester this week. So we have good bites from our technology reporter, Kylie Robison. We have Lauren's last column where she kind of says thank you to all the people who have helped her get this far and get through the semester. And then Bradley Hinkson is releasing his best movies of 2020 column to wrap up a lot of the reviews that he's been doing over the semester. Thank you, Maddie. And then to cap off this week's episode, I'm joined now by Nigel Dotson, our A&E editor, and Brandon Bailey, State Hornet staff writer. And so you guys recently ran a story about black student reactions to the incident that happened at the talent show the other week. And for anyone in the audience who isn't aware, Unique Programs held a talent show over Zoom, and towards the end of that show, a bunch of racial slurs and racist messages were put into chat. So did you guys just want to talk a little bit about what's in your story and how you went about getting those sources? Yeah, sure. When the talent show thing had happened, Brandon and I had thought it would be a good idea to do a story on not, you know, what the university, you know, does about the situation. We felt like regardless of whether or not the people that left the slurs in the chat were punished or found to be Sac State students, we thought it would be a good idea to talk to Black students at Sac State and some staff and just get a story out on what they think should be done. You know, irregardless of what Sac State does, I think it's important to amplify black student voices on um, issues of racism on campus. So that's the idea that me and uh, Brandon had. And then my um, my stance behind it, well, behind the whole piece was like, I feel like a lot of the times, kind of like what Nigel was saying, like we hear about like what the faculty is going to try to do or like, you know, what the next step is supposed to be. But I feel like we never hear from like the black community or black students themselves on what they feel should be done or how they feel about the situation, you know? So I feel like this piece really gave them a voice and really gave them a chance to voice how they felt about like the whole incident that happened and, you know, where they were standing on it. I would say that as far as gathering sources, both of us reached out to um, different members of BSU. I had a contact I knew was a judge at the talent show for Unique and could give some insight on just what was going on on Unique's end. So that was someone that um, we reached out to. And then um, we also reached out to a, a faculty member as well. We reached out to uh, Hakeem Kroom, who is the uh, programs coordinator for the Martin Luther King Jr. Center, because I thought it would be a good idea to get um, at least you know one black faculty voice in there as well. Just someone that could I guess, speak to, you know, what exactly, you know, what goes on on the faculty side, right? In terms of how Sac State approaches these types of issues. Put, we try to put word out via social media to get, you know, non, you know, non-BSU, you know, affiliated voices as well. Just, you know, trying to reach any black student we could and just see what their issues were on the matter. Because I thought it was important to try to highlight black Sac State students from, you know, all walks of life on campus. And the full story with everyone that Nigel and Brandon talked to is available in the show notes. Uh, before we go, is there anything else you guys wanted to say about this story? Um, I would say that the talent show incident was very disappointing as a black student at Sac State. And I'm glad we got this article up because I feel like administration does need to be held accountable. In terms of the actual an actual update on the news itself, they the school went through with an investigation and they're saying that they couldn't identify the two um, users that put the slurs in the chat as Sac State students. And I just think that, you know, if the investigation is concluded, that is disappointing. Even if, 
even if they're not Sac State students, you know, what is Sac State going to do? Because it still did happen, and Sac State students are affected. What is administration going to do to show that they're on the side of black people, you know, at this school? So I'm glad that we were able to get different student voices and different black voices in the story who might, you know, be doing different things, some in BSU, some not, some students, some staff, you know, some people who were, um, you know, a part of the event, you know, firsthand, you know, they know exactly what happened and they, and it was as shocking to them as it was to anyone else there. And we were able to get those voices in the story and they all can kind of come to the same, like all the, all the black, you know, students at Sac State seem to be united on just not being okay with what happened. So what, so what does that mean for us? And what does that mean for the school and what's going to be done? I'm very curious to find out. As always, every story we discussed today is available in the show notes of this podcast, as well as many more on thestatehornet.com right now. This is the final episode of the State Hornet podcast for the semester, but I will be returning as your podcast editor next semester. And the current plan is for the State Hornet podcast to return with me. So until that time, thank you so much for listening. Please stay safe.